0: Sonor
1: And I'm Dave Freund and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you?
0: I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm just tired today. Yeah. So I'm hoping it's not going to show up in the podcast. <laughs> but my energy level is like way down right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to amp it up. I'm I am sipping on tea. Oh, nice. So yes, I am. I'm am sipping on Bigelow mint tea. So that should get me going. It should. One of the things I think that 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 has me kind of tired is our weather has been crazy it has like how can we go from 50 some degrees in rain (laughs) to 20 degrees in snow within a 20 no not even within like a 16 hour period i know oh well but you know what that probably tells me that spring is right around the corner
0: I really hope so. I, I saw a headline, on um, you know, like a local news article, like is the is the worst of winter behind us? And I didn't want to read it because I I didn't <laughs> want to potentially, you know, spoil my belief that right. Hopefully it is. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with that. And um, uh, you know, I mean, we are almost to just about to March and yeah,
1: and you know, even though we can get a lot of snow in March.
0: Or April or May.
1: Or April or May. It, you know that it won't last. Yeah. It comes and goes really quick. So for those of you that are not winter fans, it's, spring is right around the corner. I'm just hoping we get a few more good weeks of skiing.
0: I had a feeling you'd because, say that.
1: <laughs> because that's what I love to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, today's, today's podcast is... It, it, you know, and I don't want to discourage people because boy, Dave's going to talk about history again. He's going to talk about the space program again. So I'm using that as a backdrop. Mm-hmm. But the so what, what I, what the title that I gave the post um is when it needs to be said.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there was a gentleman, and I I loved how you said. Am I supposed to know who that was? No, absolutely <laughs> not, because I never heard of this guy before, till I was I was finished finishing up a book called One Giant Leap. But there was a guy a NASA engineer whose name was John Hobalt. And John Hobolt was just one, I shouldn't say just one of those aer- aeronautical engineers, but he wasn't anybody that anybody was really familiar with. He wasn't the guy that was being interviewed. Um, yes, I'm sure some of his comments were in the Tyndallgrams the that we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't, the, one of the problems was they couldn't figure out how do we land on the moon and get back without massive rockets, because we'd have to have so much fuel and John Hobolt had this idea that everyone thought was crazy, and that was lunar orbit rendezvous and he said, no, we need to have two spacecrafts that we launch, one being the command service module, which is has the the, the capsule that we all saw. On, that I saw, not we all saw, that old people like me saw falling into the ocean and that some of you can still go see at the Air and Space Museum in Washington. Um, So the command module was, was the the capsule was on top of the command service module, which was like living quarters and things like that. But he also believed that that we needed to develop a secondary spacecraft that would be a lunar excursionary module, otherwise known as the LEM and it could be really light it could be really small and it could be packed on top of the Saturn V rocket which launched everything well he everybody kept dismissing him and at one point he just said i've had enough and he wrote an 11-page memo that went over his boss's 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 head wow and the good news was that werner von braun who was our our rocket genius so to speak um, read it and said this might work. So he found somebody who would listen, and and we all know the history is it was the way it worked, and it, because of this, they were able to meet President Kennedy's deadline of putting a man on the moon and bringing him home within the decade. So, you know, Apollo eleven um, did touch down on, in in nineteen sixty nine on the moon's surface and returned back to Earth. And it was because of Dr. John Hobolt, And what was interesting was that, that Werner von Braun actually said um, we would have never done it without him. And he made sure that he was invited into, um, in, down to Houston uh, to, and, and I'm drawing a complete blank of what we call it, mission control when the space flight actually took place so that he could watch it. But it got me thinking, so why couldn't, why did he have to go over his boss's boss's head to get some attention? And I, and I realized was there were crucial conversations that he wasn't able to have with people. So that got me thinking, so what is a crucial conversation? Well, a crucial conversation is any conversation that has high stakes. People Emotions are, are connected to it and we seem to be stuck in some way. So I thought, well, let's just, let's just talk about that on the podcast. So, And one of the thoughts is that people don't react to what you say. They react to why they think you're saying it.
0: Why they think.
1: Why they think.
0: You're saying it. You're saying it. Not why you're saying it.
1: Right. Because those meanings are inside people. Mm -hmm. So I kind of gave you just a quick list of some of those steps. Did any of them jump out at you? Because, well, in one way we could say people should just take crucial conversations Mm -hmm. and then they would know all this but but the podcast is free (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) so
1: we need to give them at least enough to be successful so what were some Mm -hmm. things that kind of jumped out at you off that list
0: Hmm. Uh, let's see you know i i have taken this class it's been a while for me um but i think i was always drawn to a couple different areas of it um the first one being create a mutual purpose.
1: Mm, yeah. Yes.
0: And the second one being move to action. Yeah. Which are both towards know. the end.
1: That does not surprise me that that's where <laughs> you would have gone to. Because that's, that's the way you operate naturally. Uh-huh. So yeah, so let, let, me, let me kind of touch on that one. So, you know, creating a mutual purpose is um, you have to get people to want to work through the crucial conversation. Mm-hmm. And unless they can see the purpose behind it, they won't.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, one one of the things I love about the the Crucial Conversations model is that if you look at this diagram, in the center of the diagram is this blue circle, which is the pool of shared meaning. And by getting as much information into that, you now have something you can talk about. And 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 oftentimes, th- this is another thing that I've had problems with in the past, where we may be able to have a shared purpose, but we don't have a shared strategy. And oftentimes, um, I, and I was actually once I was involved in 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 a situation where we had a disagreement. Um, the group the the group that I had was polarized on two different sides, and we just couldn't seem to come to agreement on things. And so we brought some folks in to kind of help mediate it for us. And one of them mentioned this. He said you folks are arguing from different sides of the same coin. Hmm. And what he meant was, we have the same purpose, but we were arguing over strategy Mm -hmm. to achieve the purpose. And if you think about it, that's a pretty stupid thing to be arguing about. But we were. When in reality, we both agreed, we all, I think there were four or five of us, we all agreed on the purpose but it was like well i think you get there this way oh i think you get there this way and we actually confused arguing over the strategy as arguing over the purpose so sometimes we have to take a step back and say wait are we are we are we disagreeing on strategy or disagreeing on purpose and once we realized we had the same purpose now we can brainstorm strategies that we could all agree on so then the the moving to action um That's just your normal, let's follow up. Who's going to do what, when, where, and how? Because you've got all this energy that went into working through the problem. And too many people think that everything's just going to go great after that, and it won't. You Mm -hmm. need this follow up. You need to, well, and what we found that, I know, um, on our training team, the fact that we use Asana Mm -hmm. to make sure we know who's doing what, where, when, and how has really streamlined our meetings. And we don't have things falling through the cracks.
0: Right, right. Yep.
1: Was there anything else that you thought about with with purpose and moving to action that we want to touch on?
0: Um, I mean, I like the idea too of um inventing mutual purpose. So yes, like it's not always naturally the example you gave. There was already mutual purpose. It was uh, right. just the strategy behind it, but um. You know, I think that if it's assessed that that that's the problem, uh, that there isn't mutual purpose, then finding Mm -hmm. that before moving forward and um, determining how to, you know, can can both sides or both people give a little to achieve mutual purpose. Right,
1: right. Um, And one of the tricks, one of the tricks to that is to so go up a level in your vision and mission. Mm -hmm. So if we're let's say, let's say we're working on a a training program or we're working on an event here at at MACNE and we're, we're not being, we can't come to grips on things and we realize that we just don't have the same mutual purpose. Mm -hmm. Just go up a level. What is the, and you may have actually have to get up to the top level, which is what is, what are the missions? What is the mission and vision of the association? Mm Mm-hmm if we can agree on that, and then you start cascading down. So you just, you keep going up till you can find something you all agree on, and then you begin to build down from there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that's one of the, because oftentimes we forget that. We don't, we still get stuck. And that's how, what they talk about when they say inventing a mutual purpose. One of the things that, um, that I found interesting is understanding when there's a crucial conversation that needs to be had, and it's always mm-hmm. when you are stuck we're just not making progress, whatever it is, not making progress on our goals, um, not making progress on a relationship. We just really feel stuck. Tip chances are there are some crucial conversations you're not having that you need to figure out how to have and And one of the things that I think is is interesting is we we sometimes just say, well, this is just a terrible situation and there's nothing we can do about it, but we haven't even thought through what the situation is. Is it just a single occurrence of something that happened? Is it um, a pattern of behaviors over time? Or is there a relationship that's at risk? And that kind of helps us figure out where we are. Because one of the things that I've found is too often when I'm, when I sense that I'm stuck, so I know I have to have a crucial conversation, I don't know where my heart and mind are at that time. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we just seem to, when, when we feel like we've been wronged, we just seem to go to this, this was an intentional act of betrayal type of thing. <laughs> or this is insubordination. When mm-hmm. No, there's pro- there could just be a simple misunderstanding.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And oftentimes, we don't pay attention to what our role is in that relationship issue. Which I think is kind of interesting. Um. One of the things that I mentioned to you before we started recording, or maybe, no, maybe we actually did it during the recording. See how tired I am? I don't even remember. But the concept of people don't react to what you say, they react to why they think you're saying it. Mm -hmm. So the key there is we have to clarify why we're saying it. And they need to know it's safe. One of the reasons why people react poorly is they don't feel it's safe to share their thoughts. So I have a question for you. And this is a question I didn't tell you I was going to ask, which is nothing. <laughs> which is all face. the
0: questions.
1: Which is all the... Yeah, I don't tell you any questions. <laughs> I may give you some notes that you can talk from, but I don't give you any questions in advance. When you were young when you didn't get your way, did you pout or did you throw temper tinder?
2: Mm,
0: well, my mom listens to this podcast. And so, I, you know... She would be the first so to can't tell you it, no. that <laughs> I was a, a tantrum thrower.
1: <laughs> Were you? Yes. Okay. Well, you're not alone because so was I. My mother <laughs> loves to share with me, not frequently, but she'll say, you know, do you remember the time? Like, no, I don't. But apparently <laughs> when I was like three and a half or four, there was a department store in downtown Syracuse called Edwards. And it was before malls. And it probably was the only department store that we had. Um, and she said that there was one time when she, was, she took me shopping and I literally threw myself on the floor in the middle of the store and just started, like, screaming.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, my guess is that my mother just walked away. Because how do you deal with a child that's just throwing a temper tantrum on the floor? And the reason why I ask that is because when I do a Crucial Conversations class, I ask the participants, when you were young, I same question, did you go pout or did you throw temper tantrum? because the reality is that when we're faced with with a crucial conversation our typical response is this we either go to silence which is pouting
2: mm-hmm.
1: or we go to violence which is throwing a temper tantrum
2: mm-hmm.
1: people rarely change and when we get older we do the same thing the difference is what it looks like so we may just get withdrawn we may just start, I'm not going to speak up you know we may whisper in a meeting Rather than than voice what we really think, um, that's the silence part. Or we may start talking over people. We may say that's that that won't make that won't work. That doesn't make any sense. And it's the same thing. We're either going to silence or violence. And so the key is to get people. And we do it because we are we are perceiving a threat that we don't know how to handle. Right. It's the same, you know. And this is where I think you get this beautiful blend of. Mastering emotional intelligence and in crucial conversations is to understand when we're reacting poorly before we, like you have to kind of be able to understand when your body starts to change, when, you're, when all of a sudden cortisol starts to get released in your brain, when you know your breathing changes, your heart starts pumping, um, you start tensing up, mm-hmm. and those are times you have to realize, wow, I am entering a silence or violence mode.
0: I mean, Very and careful. I think on the flip side, too, you can kind of proactively manage that, knowing that yes. the person on the other side of this potential conversation uh, will be doing the same thing. You may yes. or may not know which way they, right. that they'll that they lean towards, but, um, you know, it comes down to feeling safe and secure, Whether yes. whether we're talking about toddlers in a department store, or yep. uh, difficult conversations, it really do- does come down to safety and security. And so, like you right. said, when you're perceiving a threat, uh, mm-hmm. that you're going to head in that direction. But when you can kind of anticipate that, um, it's easier to to consider, okay, how can I address this person in a way that is non-threatening, that exactly expresses... Mutual purpose um, that is communicating that I want this to be a you know win win win,
1: yep. um, and yep. and
0: get out ahead of those issues, which would exactly. then prevent you know relationship damage and right other things. <laughs>
1: Very good, and you know, and I and I love how you said you can kind of preempt it. You and we know when we're probably going to have one of these conversations. Mm-hmm. They rarely just come out of nowhere in a meeting. I mean, they do sometimes. But it's rare, and so if you know I'm going into this meeting, how should I bring this up so that people don't get defensive? You know, and, and one of one of the things that one of, one of the things that really spoke to me because I had just finished teaching this class last week um, was the the question: What am I behaving like? I want,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and if I really want solution, if I really want the relationship to be sound and restored, well, am I behaving in a way that that's what I want? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a, a personal story, even though I, my wife does listen to this from time to time, but um, she should listen every week, right? Like your mom <laughs> listens every week, but my wife doesn't always Anyways, um, but this was a while ago, maybe f- five years ago. She just was like really quiet. And I don't remember why she was quiet, but she, but she was really quiet. And so I said to, to Tim, I said, hey, Tim, did you notice anything about mom? Yeah, she's really quiet. And so I said, we better lay low. Now, that is a really stupid <laughs> thing for me to say, right? And I'm only saying it because it's going to give an example to people. So mm-hmm. to this point of behaving like, behaving like what you want, right? Mm-hmm. So after about three days of her really just being somewhat, quiet and withdrawn I said are you okay and she said no now what I should have said was what's wrong but I said is it me <laughs> which was the <laughs> next thing and she goes no I said oh that's good oh, but then I said so what's wrong and she told me what it was and, mm-hmm. and again I don't remember what it was but I asked her I said why didn't you tell me and she just said why didn't you ask I'm like wow so, I, so what I really want for my wife is for her to be happy for her to have a fulfilled life for her to feel loved, but I wasn't behaving like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was behaving like I think it might be me, and I just maybe if I'm just quiet, it'll it'll blow over. Mm-hmm. And the same thing. So I, I share that just as a as somewhat of a, a humorous anecdote. Um, thankfully, it was nothing major. Thankfully, I'm I, I'm sure she forgave me because she probably doesn't even remember it until she listens to this episode, right? <laughs> Which might mean I might be having a crucial conversation. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, but the point is, what are you behaving like you want? Mm-hmm. And that's this really part about getting your heart straight before you go on and focusing on what you really want for yourself, for the organization, for the relationship, that type of thing. Um, mastering your stories is another one to make sure we're not telling us some some stories like we're the victim. Like we better, we can't pretend to not notice the part that we have in it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is if you share facts in a story, people aren't that defensive because it's not your opinion, they're the facts. But mm-hmm. you share them in a way that, this is what I'm noticing. What might I be missing? Just you know, talking tentatively, opening up for the fact that you could be wrong. People don't react poorly to that. And the other thing, I think, just for us to, you touched on it already, is look for those early warning signs. Look for the signs of when people are going to either a silence or a violence type of stand. And just remember, if they if they start to just quiet down, there's some there's a reason. And if they start speaking more forcefully or they start, you know, interrupting, there may be a reason. So we just need to say just kind of take a step back. The other thing that I think is really important is that when you sense a conversation going down this road and you didn't think it was supposed to, and they just like reacted poorly, just stop and say, oh, I'm so sorry. Can we start over? I think I might have missed something. Rather than just pushing to be right.
2: Mm-hmm. Because
1: when you do, it just doesn't work. So that's really kind of like crucial conversations in a 10-minute description. When, when you took the class... Um, were there things that surprised you, or was it stuff that you thought you knew, but maybe you just weren't implementing?
0: Uh, I don't. I can't remember that far back. Okay. Um. But you know, I think it it was. It was very helpful to yeah. to kind of um, walk through the different sections and kind of yeah. understand the power that our words yeah. have and that our conversations yes. have and. Absolutely. Um, just kind of ways to to uh, improve communications, I guess.
1: Right. And you know what What I found? Um, and what I love about the fact that I, because this was not a course I was supposed to teach. Um, when I came to MACNE, the, the two people that taught the course left. And they basically looked to me and said, um, since you oversee all of this training stuff, you better get certified. Mm-hmm. So, so I did take the train the trainer program. But the reason why I like it is it gives me a chance a, two or three times a year to remind myself. Because none of this stuff is rocket science.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Bring me all the way back to Dr. Hobart, right? <laughs> it's not. It's, that was a pun I did not intend yeah, to make. That was good. But, but it's not super complicated. You know what? It is the stuff that that are that we learned in elementary school mm-hmm. in kindergarten. You know, how to play nice with others, how to treat people with respect. You know, how but but we what happens is we, we allow our emotions to get to take over, and then we say absolutely the wrong thing at the wrong time. So the key is to understand those triggers that might send us into a silence or violence mode. That's why I think Mastering Emotional Intelligence and Crucial Conversations should be one course, but which we do sometimes. I do offer discounts discount on that. And I actually thought when I was teaching, because I taught Crucial Conversations on Thursday and Friday and then Mastering Emotional Intelligence on Tuesday and Wednesday, I actually thought we should put DISC as part of that as well. Can you imagine if we mm-hmm. had our DISC so we know who we are, why we react the way we do, Then we can learn how to manage our emotions in the moment, and then we can have our crucial conversation.
0: Yes, it's the the trifecta.
1: The trifecta. (laughs) I like it. Maybe we can market it as the trifecta, (laughs) which will make you a master Mm
2: -hmm. in
1: interpersonal relationships. I think we covered it. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Again, it was a good refresher for me.
1: (laughs) Thank you. And I think, too, I just want to encourage our listeners, Don't be afraid to have them. Mm -hmm. You might be the John Hobalt of your organization that might be the one person that can have the solution to the problem that the company needs to find. Don't be afraid to have the conversations. And if anybody needs, you know, anybody's struggling with something, send me an email. I'll jump on a call and we'll talk about it Mm -hmm. because I want you to have really good, successful, constructive conversations. So... I won't ask you what you're doing this weekend because you're not a winter person. <laughs> no. How about you? No, we're, we're talking. Uh, you know, I'm probably going to work on the house again,
2: mm-hmm.
1: on Jeremy's house again, because we've been doing that on Saturdays. It's coming along. It's going to be a long process. But I think you're right. We should have started shooting videos mm-hmm. when we first when he first moved in, because it would be a very entertaining YouTube channel. It really would. But it's 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 all going well. Um, Next week, we're going to talk about how you know how good of a leader you are. All right. How's that?
0: Looking forward to it.
1: So with that, I'm Dave Freund.
0: I'm Marissa Norcross.
1: This was The Next Page.